The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, the NBA has turned into the UFC. It's like, let the bodies hit the foe. Let the bodies hit the foe. Zebras wielding their power everywhere, anywhere they possibly can. Influencing the outcomes of games. Current MVP ejected from a closeout game for inexplicably chaos everywhere. Pretty much every star has either been hurt or is hurt. We also get into some news around the league. So let's do it, Marty. Let's drop the Mickey Mouse beat. All right, let's get into some news around the league. Oh, boy. Portland, Portland, Portland. <laughs> the final list of candidates to be the head coaches of the Portland, head coach of the Portland Trailblazer. Uh, the, they were leaked. The list was leaked. And man, was I surprised. I actually haven't seen this. You haven't seen this. No. This is great. All right. A, a refreshing surprise. I'll start with the list, uh, the top list of names that does not surprise you. Bottom two, I promise, will surprise you. Okay. <laughs> Chauncey Billups. Right. Mike D'Antoni, right? Brent Berry, somewhat surprising to me. I mean, uh, is San Antonio executive. Yeah, I mean, has he ever expressed interest in coaching? Like, I don't. I've never heard of it. Okay, <laughs> here's where here's where it get it. It's in, here's where it gets interesting. Becky Hammond and Don Staley. Wow. Okay. Don Staley. That'd be interesting. I don't. Wow. Okay. Wow is what I said. <laughs> wow. I saw that and I was like, huh? And immediately I went from, huh? To let's go. <laughs> like, let's go. If there's a franchise that needs a defensive minded coach, it is us. We've tried all kinds of alternatives and we've been dog shit at defense for a long, long time. True. When Neil O'Shea said, he was looking for someone who had a focus first on defense. Don Staley has made a career out of defense as a player and as a coach. She at one point, I think 2017, they held Stanford to 25% from the field. And Stanford is a team that shoots a lot of fucking threes. They are wet from behind the arc. They were like 15% from three in the semifinal game. Don Staley makes a living on defense. And if there was a franchise that I think would be the franchise leader in the clubhouse to be the first one to hire a woman... I mean, he's Portland, right? Yeah. Uh, One of my buddies last night, actually, and this, not that 
not to like feed anything into the fire that like Dame might want out, but it was oh, oh maybe hire hire Becky Hammond because then it would be impossible for him to leave this year because it would just be too bad of a look. <laughs> too bad of a look. Too bad. Female owner Paul Allen's dead. His wife has taken over. Liberal city. More liberal fan base. I mean, shit. They, I don't know if you were in the deep in the Portland Trailblazer Reddit type threads or fan posts like I was, but I mean, there are fans threatening to burn the motor, motor center down and like leave the season ticket holders. I'll never be a fan again if we hired Jason Kidd oh. or Chauncey <laughs> Phillips huh. about a domestic violence right. allegation and arrest 20 Years ago, yeah. Jason Kidd was a Phoenix son. Yeah, that's why we traded him. That's why you traded him. For Starberry. What a bad trade that was. <laughs> Went back to back with the Nets. I was 10, knew it was stupid. You've legit got people in the thread being like, I've been a longtime Portland Trailblazer supporter, and I tell you what, Dame's legacy has really taken a hit because he expressed interest in Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd. Dude, Jason Kidd has a job right now. It's not like he's out here in the dregs, like hanging out in the sewers of the NBA coaching circles. Like he's probably going to be the head coach of the L.A. Lakers. Like when Vogel's out, which he probably will be out when this year left on his extension runs out. That's what I think happens. Yeah, no. Well, I always felt like when he came out and said, I have no interest in the Portland job, that was a chess move. I think he sees Lakers head coach in his future. 100%. I think also Dame, it was just so ridiculous. So, yeah, I think Don Staley and Becky Hammond on this list as a cynical person, one, kind of like assuages those types of fans. (laughs) We're we're considering them. We like women. Yeah, can't really say shit We love women. And I think that makes perfect sense for the fan base. If I had my choice, I'd want Don Staley. Like I said. That's over Becky Hammond. Over Becky Hammond. Really? I just think you've got a woman from Philadelphia who was undersized, who was an, I mean, an Olympian, has done a lot of great things in the women's game, and is a champ. And has taken South Carolina and built them into a powerhouse. I like Becky Hammond. I just have never seen her be a head coach before. I just haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what Don Staley can do. And I think Don Staley getting up in Damian Lillard's grill. <laughs> like, woo-wee! Woo-wee! I think she'd be good for Dame, good for CJ. Amazing for the league. But she did say no ounce of me wants to coach outside the college game. Tough. So it's tough. It's very tough for me to see it happening. But on the positive side, she doesn't take that interview. She's not like a little interested. Oh, yeah. No, you're going to see. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have to see. I think if I was a betting person, they go with Dan Tony. That's the safest choice. That's what I've been saying. Safest choice. All right. Let's move on. Who are the top five players still left in the playoffs? The criteria is who had the best, not who had the best regular season, but who is currently playing the best basketball right now. My top five in the playoffs. Okay. This, their performances in the playoffs. Just currently right now. Currently and now still the Nuggets there. are out. Now the Nuggets are out. Okay. Yes. CP3, number one. This what? is a guy who, without the injury, would have been balling. I mean, I think you guys could have probably won in five against the Lakers. Yeah, maybe, but yeah. 
I mean, you won in six in L.A., yeah. so you wouldn't have won in five, I think, in the Valley. I think you take game two if CP3 doesn't get hurt. Maybe. Uh, he's shooting 84% from the field with zero turnovers in the fourth quarter of the Nugget series. I mean, that's fucking insane. KD, I know he's the best player in the world, but what a tough look game four was. Tough look. It was what took him from one to two, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Tough, tough <laughs> situation. He was being mauled. Mauled. But still. He was, yeah. But still. Uh, Joel Embiid. 35, 10, and 5 against the Hawks on one knee. Fully healthy, not even a question. Yep. Donovan Mitchell, balling. Certainly. Balling. When, remember when we were talking about this the other day, and when somebody asked me if Donovan Mitchell will be a top five shooting guard if he takes them to the finals, uh, play, that this is how he has to play in order for me to feel this way. I mean, he's been absolutely incredible what he's doing, just slicing defenses. Just, like, just on, and really kind of on his own. I mean, Conley's. Not been there. Like, yeah. And has been nowhere to be found. Yeah. Like, and we are not sure if he will be found. Yeah. So Donovan Mitchell making guys who have made their living on defense, like they're just nowhere nowhere around him. He just like shakes them. Yeah. Shakes them and bakes them. Yeah, no. I think you can firmly say that Donovan, the debate, because there was a debate between him and Ben, I think Donovan Mitchell is just heads and shoulders above uh, him. And then Kawhi, single-handedly probably won – if it wasn't for Kawhi, Dallas Mavericks walk away and they're playing the Jazz right now. Oh, yeah, certainly. They single-handedly won them that. And the, the franchise would be in disarray right now. <laughs> disarray. It'd be, it'd be so funny. <laughs> so, I mean, I would love that. Uh, and next up, who? which players are most valuable to the league? This was like chatter that came out over the weekend. To the league? Like... From a revenue standpoint, okay, all right. very different question than who's most valuable to their team. It's the MVP uh, or or MVP of the league. It's like most valuable to the pocketbooks yeah. of the league, right? This is a very different question than asking who's most valuable to a team or the MVP of the league. In other words, which players make the NBA the most money from a marketing and financial perspective? Fascinating question, really. According to an article that came out this weekend from ESPN's Kevin Arnovitz, mm-hmm. I don't know him. Arnovitz, yeah. Do you know him? Yeah. In the past 15 years, there have been only three superstars as individual brands who material dri- materially drive the engine of the NBA commerce. Who are those? I mean, guess. Le- Le- LeBron, uh, Steph, yep. and what, KD? Kobe. Oh, Kobe right, Bryant, yeah. LeBron James, and Steph Curry. The argument is when KD or Dame, or before them, KG and Tim Duncan and Dwayne Wade go on the road, the host team sells the game as part of this premium package. That's how you know that they're valuable players. Mm-hmm. But only when Steph or Braun and before them, Kobe came to town, Arnovitz said that the impact is everywhere from premium alcohol sales in the luxury <laughs> clubs to receipts from the in arena NBA star. Um, uh, from the NBA store, sorry, hard to say, a midseason <laughs> Tuesday night game featuring LeBron or Curry can generate hundreds of thousands of dollars above a game featuring a median NBA team. So just them alone. So even though Trey Young and John Morant and Spido, we want to see them, the real deal NBA fans, but like eight year olds are not being like, I want to see Donovan Mitchell no, on a yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> no. That'd be like eight-year-old like me being like, oh, I can't wait to see Danny Manning. No. Yeah, like, like no chance. A night with LeBron or Steph, they said, is an official state visit. That's absurd. Yeah. 
I bet it permeates all restaurants around the arena. Like it becomes a thing that people in the surrounding areas travel to go see. Very, very interesting considering that both of those players are well into their 30s now. Who's going to be the next one up? If Braun and Steph are the only real ambassadors of the NBA that truly move the needle, who, if anyone, replaces them when they're gone? Steph. I mean, maybe Book. You think? No, yeah. I don't. Uh-uh. I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> it's a Phoenix thing. It's a Phoenix thing. Here's another hot-ass take from the series of games that I watched, which were fucking gross. The, we'll talk about this, these games, but I want to say this individually. Okay. It's a hot take. I think the Bucks. Here we go. Okay. I think the Bucks are better without Giannis and that Giannis is better without the Bucks. Yeesh. Okay. <laughs> follow me. Follow All right. me. All right. I think although he was ridiculously efficient in game four, we know he balled out. It was like all-star level game Giannis. That's what awesome. I thought. Yeah. He was awesome. But it was still pretty gross. It was still, it was dominant, but gross yeah. in a sense. He went down early in the first quarter due to a foul trouble because of exactly the point that I'm going to make. Okay. One, he just is barreling into the lane. It's There's just no regard for human life, no regard for the scheme. Yeah. It's just give Giannis the ball and let him truck in like a bull. Well, and there was that video that came out over the weekend that was Giannis has no bag. Yeah. <laughs> Zero <laughs> empty bag. In a sense, I don't I never want to make this always about Ben, but like in a sense they're sort of similar in, in certain ways, only Giannis is not considered a point guard. Right? Like he can do he just goes up and just lays it in, but he's like so big, so strong. Yeah. Well Ben has dribble moves. He just has no he has no uh he has no finishing bag. He has no finishing bag, but he doesn't have any step back bag either because he's not yeah, right, he's yeah. not gonna do it. At least Giannis has a little bit of like a step back bag. Sure. Yeah. So Giannis can be an impediment to the flow of the offense. When he was off the floor, that was when the Bucks went on their little run where it was just three after three. I don't know if you watched the game yesterday, but it was just like three after three. They're mm-hmm. moving without the ball. Drew's doing his thing. Middleton's doing his thing. Fucking Brooke Lopez is doing his thing. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of spacing. Oh, no, Giannis. I see. <laughs> I see. Got it. They look sometimes super clunky, super predictable when he's on the floor because of probably Bud. Bud is somehow not figuring out a way to use Giannis in a way that we all don't know what's about to happen. Maybe it works better without him. I don't know. But it just doesn't feel good. They give Giannis the ball wherever he wants on the floor, wherever he pleases, and he just isos up. Well, I mean, they did actually finally shoot a decent clip from three. I think they, they shot like 34 percent, something like that, which I think going into the going into game four, they were shooting like 25 percent or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, not that this is a hot take, but like when they're not shooting, they're really bad, probably more so than it affects other teams. And that like, I think is is exacerbated by the fact that the offense centers around a guy with no back. Could be. Who doesn't pass out. He's not like Jokic, obviously. No one is. But he doesn't <laughs> kick out or see people in space when he's about to get double or triple teamed. He just is like, nope, I'm strong enough. I'm powerful enough. I'm going. I'm going. And then you've got guys that end up like taking the ball away. So I think if he was ISOed 15% of the time instead of 60% of the time, this team would be much better. But 
I think he would possibly be better suited somewhere else. And this is where the news came out. This is where the news of the day is. Apparently, the entire league was dreadfully afraid of the scenario where after there was chatter whether Giannis was going to sign a max contract this year or not, this offseason or not, executives apparently, quote, lived in abject terror that he would join Luca and the Mavs. <laughs> Abject terror. Zach Lowe wrote a full scathing article on the Bucks offensive struggles and Giannis. And the quote said, perhaps the issue is that this version of Antetokounmpo, as much of a finisher as an initiator, which I think is the problem is that he's an initiator of the offense, requires an elite creator closer to his level. This is why rival executives lived in abject terror that he would sign with Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. That would be filthy. Woo! Sheesh! Could happen, could still happen, but I thought that was a little bit of interesting news. Also, what was circling in the news is something I care zero to talk about ever again. Kyle Lowry is back in the news again. (laughs) I am so tired of the Kyle Lowry sweepstakes. Will he go to the Heat? Will he go to the Lakers? Will he go to the Sixers? Folks, do you know that he sold his home in Toronto? Do you know he signed his kids up for school here or there or everywhere? He went to the Sierra Canyon game, watched Bronny like, <laughs> like all smoke, no fire, nothing happened. He just stayed hurt sitting in Tampa Bay. And now they're starting up again. And it's like the Dallas Mavericks now are inserting themselves into the sweepstakes, hoping that he'll take pressure off of Luca. Everyone's hoping to take pressure off of Luca, it appears. The Heat and the 76ers now still interested. But at this point in time, I just cannot care anymore. I do not care. I don't want to talk about it anymore until he <laughs> signs somewhere. No more Kyle Lowry rumors. We will not talk about Kyle Lowry again until he signs somewhere else. I promise. I cross my heart. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton, uh, presser, he gave love to the 2018 NBA draft class. Did you see this? Uh, I didn't see what he said, but I mean, the. Uh... This draft class is pretty fire. (laughs) I think now the fact that he talked about it is why we're talking about it. But it gave me the impetus to go and look it back up. Oh, yeah. And holy shit. Uh (laughs) This class is maybe one of the most stacked classes in a long time. It's this generation's like 96, 84, like 03. Yeah. Yeah, 03, it kind of, sort of. So they came out of hiding, burst on the scene on the biggest stage. It's the sheer volume of players. Yeah. From top to bottom. The, the second round, filled with guys. Yeah. So here we go. Let's look at some of these players. 2018 draft class in order. Aiton, Luca, Trey, My, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Michael Porter Jr., Herder, Landry Shamet, Anthony Simons, Jaron Jackson, Dante DiVincenzo, Grayson Allen, DeAnthony Melton, Bruce Brown, Shake Milton, Jalen Brunson. Holy shit. Yeah. And there's more. There's more out there. Like Gary Trent Jr. who wasn't even in the playoffs because he got traded. Like guys legit contributing. The thing that makes me mad is like. That class is stacked, and all we got was Anthony Simons? <laughs> yeah. The no, that's fuck? tough. And, uh, I mean, Kings taking Bagley, that's turning into may- the biggest may- bust. maybe one of – it's in the conversation for worst pick of all time. That's the – he's the Darko. He's the Darko Ab- Sam Bowie. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I saw that, and I'm like, man, is – I mean, they could have just chosen 
out of a hat. But it was so obvious. They literally could have just put every name in the top 50 in a hat and chose blindly and done better given how stacked this draft class was. Well, he was the only one that worked out for him, and they were like, oh, he wants to be here. Well, like, I don't know. that The, the Kings are just so I dumb. met him prior to the draft mm-hmm. at this. Um, There's always like these brand events where they invite right. media, and they give you a one-on-one, and it's always loud. And they're like never really super into it, but you get them for like 20 minutes one on one and they have to just answer anything you ask. I got Trey that year, too. And it was like Trey was god awful. Really? <laughs> god awful. Like top five worst interviews I've ever had of Trey Young. I think he's just like a very shy kid. Yeah. I can also, see Cam Reddish. Definitely the worst <laughs> I've ever had. Cam Reddish. It was unusable. Unusable. Like brandon ingram level unusable yeah. I, mean, I honestly can't think of an interesting thing about cam reddish nothing like yeah. <laughs> he didn't even want to speak anyway so i sat down with marvin bagley and marvin bagley was like really wanting to go to the suns he thought yeah. he well, was gonna go number one yeah. overall. I, he's from phoenix he and Aiton were actually teammates in high school their For senior sure. year yeah and like Aiton obviously was like, I'm going to be very pissed at the Suns if they don't draft me. Yeah. And I mean, they should have. But like, I remember telling Marvin Bagley because his dad was there, I think. And, and I'm like, you know, you're not going to Phoenix. <laughs> and he was like, no, I am. And I'm like, you're not. You're not going to be the number one draft pick. He was very upset. Yeah. I'm like, dude, guys, they don't work out. I'm like, they just don't. Not typically. Not typically. Anyway, I could tell when I met him, it was just like, it was milk toast. It was really? just saltine cracker just dry and very arrogant like arrogant and also not very charismatic tough look (laughs) so yeah i would say he's probably the biggest bust and this this list doesn't even count the guys that didn't make the playoffs colin sexton shea gilgis lonnie walker josh akoji miles bridges aaron holiday robert williams amadou diallo and i don't know how to say rodian's rodian's yeah, I don't Kuruk? know. Yeah. I don't know. Never learned. <laughs> Kurots. Stacked ass draft. Uh, let's get into the breaking news. Woj bomb. <laughs> Kyrie. Kyrie <sighs> is done. 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 Done, done. I think he's done, done. The x-rays were negative, though. That means it's not broken. <laughs> like, when, like when people say x-rays were negative, I'm like, that doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Yeah. It means literally zero. And in fact, it, it means that there's a worst case scenario out there than a break, which is a sprain. Like, that's the difference is like people don't understand the ligaments around your ankle are like a seatbelt. Yeah. And when you you twist your ankle. Your ligaments prevent you, your bones, from breaking. And so they're like, they stop you. And when they, when you uh, fly through, right, with that force, with that twist, your ligaments stretch out like a rubber band. And now your bones move wherever the fuck they want to go because the ligaments, like a stretched out rubber band or a seatbelt, are stretched out, right? Yeah. The pain that he will have to go through for the next, I would say, at least a month, at least. Maybe longer. He was in a walking boot when he left the arena. Yeah, and crutches. And crutches. I think it's extremely likely we don't see him the rest of the way out. And I want to say this, Marty. Shame on you. What? Shame on you. On me. I am looking at your face. (laughs) You can't even contain your glee. (laughs) 
as two people who are rooted and invested in the Nets not winning a championship, which I am because of the bet with Dan Katz, and you are because this could be the time. What a time, what a time, what a time to be alive and to be a Suns fan. Kyrie is done, I think. I think he's done. You think I don't he's done think for, he, the, for the whole way? I mean, it's it's June 14th. Yeah. That puts us at July 14th. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe he goes out there and tries to thug it out like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I don't know. Donovan Mitchell had a grade one sprain and he missed 17 games. Yeah. That looked a lot worse than that. It did. Yeah. It looked good point. really yeah. bad. Like I saw it multiple times and I had sympathy, sympathy pain. And like I jumped off the couch when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I ankle stuff gets me. I, bro- I broke my ankle in 2015. So, yeah, no, that stuff's hard to watch. Tough, tough. Four week injury, four week injury. I am someone who cares a lot about sleep. One of the reasons I didn't want to cover the NBA for a very long time is because it's up late. And I knew on the East Coast, I'm going to have to be up super late. And on top of that, I'm looking at my laptop all day, every day. And when I'm not on my laptop, I'm on my phone looking on TikTok or on Instagram or texting friends. And the truth is, like I know and you know and the world knows that our our eyes are not supposed to be looking at screens. We're supposed to be looking at the air, at the sun. So what I ended up doing was getting these glasses designed to make my screen time Pretty much more comfortable and the workday more productive. Now, more than ever, folks like me spending more time on computers, phones. I mean, the pandemic made it huge. Everybody's on their phones. Everybody's on their laptops, gaming, playing 2K. So many others of blue light. So many other sources of blue light. Felix Grey glasses, they take things to another level. They filter 15 times more blue light. They can make screen time tough on the eyes and disruptive to the sleep. Non-prescription for me and prescription probably for you, Marty. You seem like a prescription guy. Check them out now on FelixGregGlasses.com slash league. No chance that you have allergies like you do around your eyes and you don't have eye issues. Just no chance. Do I you actually have, have great vision. You have great. Well, I yeah. was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. So me and Marty both wear the Nashes. I thought yours were prescription. Steve Nash, you know, one of my favorite head coaches in the <laughs> NBA. So that's why I got those lenses. Had to go with the Nashes. Had to. Stylish. If, if you feel your screen time or if you're not sure if blue light glasses are right for you, start best with the blue light. Try Felix Gray. With their 30-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose but eye strain. I get migraines bad. The more I look at a screen, my my head starts to pulse. My eyes get super blurry and red and itchy. I get a sore neck. I have no ability to focus. I can't concentrate. I sleep pretty great. That's the only thing that really doesn't. I, I stay away from LED bulbs. But if you if you are on a smartphone or a tablet or a computer or you watch a bunch of TV, you're going to have a lot of issues with your eyes and with your head. That's why you have to get yourself a pair of glasses made for the 21st century and designed for modern, hardworking eyes. You have nothing to lose except for maybe your eye strain. Go to FelixGradeGlasses.com slash league for the best blue light glasses on the market. That is F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y Glasses.com slash league. Also free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. FelixGradeGlasses.com slash league. No more news. Let's get into the games. Gross. Maybe one of the worst weekends of basketball I've ever outside of the Suns game. I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> the I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 
Uh-huh. Like, I don't look and see like Black Mirror. I don't watch Black Mirror. I don't look and see if like certain tragedies were manufactured by the government. I don't do that. Yeah. But what I will say is this. When you've got Scott Foster and Tony Brothers officiating games together as a tandem and certain outcomes consistently seem to happen. I think I'm on the, the Tony Brothers Scott Foster conspiracy bandwagon. You think there's uh, there's some cooking going on? I think there's some home cooking going on. Okay. This was awful. Like, you had 86-83. The Nets were the number one team in basketball all year. They would score 86 points in the first half. <laughs> all you basketball purists that were born in the 70s and earlier, who's probably not listening to this podcast because you're fucking in your 40s, did you get what you wanted? Did you get what you wanted? Are you happy now? Did that game satiate you? Did that make you feel like you recaptured your fucking youth? Because that was terrible. No one wanted to see that. That was awful. Not a call. You had guys literally bleeding on the ground. Not a call. (laughs) Not one call. Puke, vomit, trash, gross. The Bucks went down 0-2, and they realized, and like to their credit, they realized, the only way we can do this thing is if we get in their face. The only way that we do this thing is we try to hurt them. Yeah, I mean, they came out and played really physical, yeah. They um, were like the Clippers. They were like elbows, 90s-style bully ball. Just slap them. Like slap their arms, slap their face, hand checks, body checks, hip checks. This is why, folks, I said this and I, I reposted the TikTok this is why they got P.J. Tucker. This. This is why. Without P.J. Tucker, they don't do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was face-to-face, mouth-to-mouth kissing with Kevin Durant. Security guards have to step in. It was <laughs> wild. And, like, no fouls called. None. Brick City, the biggest feather in their cap, of course, like I said, Scott Foster and the rest of the henchmen employed by Adam Silver because I believe it. To be true, I think the orders came down from above. The NBA is down real bad. Real bad. Yeah, they just didn't want to see a sweep. Is Don't want to see a sweep. Yeah. I think you're talking about a lot of games. We've only seen one game seven. Yeah. One. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Everything this has been else. a widely unentertaining playoffs from a just, yeah, competitive. Unentertain- yeah. Unentertaining. Huge disparity in terms of competitive play. Yeah. And I think the world. And everyone's getting hurt. And everyone's getting hurt. And I think Adam Silver's like, listen. We can't have every series go five. Make sure Kyrie's getting slapped in the face, getting undercut by Giannis. KD's getting mugged, not even trying to be slick. At this point, let's just call nothing. You've got Durant being fouled pretty much on every single play, mm-hmm. every single time he goes down the floor. And it was just, I think Giannis probably should have fouled out in the first like half. <laughs> PJ Tucker had three fouls every single time they called him on a foul. It was three fouls. Like, he kept praying, praying the ref, and it was like, this is PJ, PJ Tucker, third foul. And it's like, I swear to God, I just saw, I just saw, what? And then, like, the announcers, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who I can't fucking stand, he's like, they're really letting them play out there tonight. And I'm like, what do you mean? Dude's, like, bloody on the floor. And Jeff Van Gundy's like... That's playoff basketball for you, Mark. And you're like, no. Yeah, he'll throw those out. It's like, yeah. the, this is who, I, who I'm talking about, where it's like, are you happy? 
by this? This is what you want to see? Not even Detroit Pistons fans in the 90s wanted to see this. <laughs> no one. I mean, Steve Nash even said it. I thought it was borderline non-basketball physical at times. Yes, I agree. Yeah. You have to adapt and adjust. Something definitely changed from the game, how the game was called in Brooklyn to here in Milwaukee. Yeah, and Steve is sensitive to that because people used to go at him uh, in the playoffs, especially uh, attack uh, uh, his back. He had, a, he, had a, he had a bad back and it always How do you think his back is now? Uh, I mean, I don't think he's playing much ball. So I think he could probably go out there now. I think things are dire. You might need him. You might need him. Oh, I would kind of love that. What would that be like? No Harden, no Kyrie. It's just Steve. I would take everything back that I've ever said about Steve Nash. (laughs) If Steve Nash was like producer, director, and lead actor in the movie, in the movie of the Nets ascend to the most unlikely championship of all time, like, and he was the fucking starting point guard at, I don't even know how old he is, like 45. What is he? Probably something like that. Something like that. I would I would take it back. I don't think he could give you much more in about two minutes, but like you don't think he's in good shape. I think I he mean is. he literally the Lakers Nash he like literally couldn't run up and down. But the it's court. been it's been what, how many years? That's true. That's he's true. been he's in, in, he's in the hall now, so he, it's been at least five. So. He looks very good. Yeah. He looks very in shape. Just gross. So PJ and Drew got to rotate back and forth on Kevin Durant and rest once Kyrie went out with that ankle injury. Uh, of course. Going back to the ankle injury, the reason that Kyrie sprained his ankle is because Giannis stole his landing space. I'm not saying it was intentional. I don't think it was intentional, but it should have been looked at. Sure. It should have been looked at, and it was not looked at. No, not a call. It was just like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. The Bucks have now taken out Harden. Kyrie, just watch for KD next. Just watch for KD next. Katie better not have any midnight pizzas in the next day or two because things are happening. They were fully healthy coming into this series, and now no one's healthy. I mean, they've they were sort they of battled healthy. with stuff all, all season long. For sure. But okay, I do have a question about your conspiracy thing now. You yeah. think the league actively doesn't want those three guys in it? I think what they want is a game seven. Sure. Chris Paul is 0 and 11 with Scott Foster. Harden also loses games with Scott Foster. The best situation is the CP3 versus Harden Scott Foster Tony Brothers game. I don't know what he like. His head might explode. His head <laughs> might explode. How do I know it was bad? What evidence do I have? Kyrie Irving, which is who is one of the best ISO players in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. Did not shoot one free throw until 10 minutes left in the third quarter of game three. Not He did not go to the line for three games. He only shot four free throws in total in four games. KD had six free throws in game three and 10 free throws in game four. Are you kidding me? The usage rate to free throw line, uh, whatever you would call that. I don't even know if that's a stat, <laughs> but like. Tough look. Yeah. He should have gone to the line 20 times, KD. I would say I don't, I, I would, I would say I didn't have a dog in this fight. And this is just me observing, but that would be a lie. I put um, 10 units on Nets money line plus 150. Yikes. Game three. Yikes. I was one Bruce Brown floater away from a nice <laughs> night. 
do me a favor for folks who don't believe me. Google or search the name Scott Foster on Twitter. Just search it. That was a bad. Just search it. <laughs> Just search it. In my opinion, you should never know the name of your refs. You should never know them. Yeah. They're like they're like the editor of a paper. That you should never know that they even exist. Yeah. They shouldn't even have names. Thousands upon thousands of tweets about how horrible he is. Chris Paul lost 11 straight playoff games that Scott Foster has officiated with four different teams. <laughs> Clippers, Rockets, Clippers 0-5, Rockets 0-4, Thunder 0-1, Suns 0-1. That's impossible. Statistically impossible. Very, yeah, very unlikely. <laughs> For someone like Chris Paul, who is as elite as he is, I don't think Chris Paul has lost 11 times in a row at anything in life. Not cards, not dominoes, not uno, nothing. Statistically, I am outraged. I just think people, there's people who don't have a lot of money who are losing a lot of money because of Scott Foster, like Mm -hmm. me. There are people who bet just based on Scott Foster being announced as the lead ref. What does that tell you? That's moving the line. Nets were three and a half point underdogs. How? They beat the fucking Bucks by 50. Can't just be a dead cat bounce back game. There's something afoot. And I think Vegas is in on it. And I think Adam Silver's in on it. I think everybody's fucking fixing the books. Let's talk about desperation. I think when you're desperate, you'll do anything. Uh-huh. Anything. You'll go to extremes. Necessity and desperation, they say, is the mother of invention. Clippers. Clippers were desperate, boy. Lineup changes and violence. Another series where a team can't win unless they curb stomp the other team. Clippers. (laughs) They're not going to beat the Jazz unless they get physical, and they decided they were going to get physical. What were your current thoughts? What are your current thoughts of that matchup? Of this matchup? Uh, I'd really like Conley to be back and just see how that can go. I still think Utah is the better team just all the way around. And I just think we'll have one too many Paul George bad outings to. Yeah, I think it goes seven, though. I think it does now, too, because they now have the blueprint. Yeah. Make Donovan Mitchell super duper uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. like blitz him, switch everything, hard trap him. They're now making that. They do that small ball lineup. The Jazz, how you want to know how crazy this game was? The Jazz made 19 threes in that game, in game three. They made more free throws than the Clippers. The rebound was basically even. They had nine more assists than the Clippers. They had more steals, and they lost by 26 points. <laughs> Why, do you ask? I think it's another ref thing. I do. Really? The refs were swallowing their whistles. I see people getting mauled out there. And Donovan Mitchell's like, what the fuck? What's going on? The Jazz are about as good of a defensive team that I think they're one of the, I think they're the only top five offense and top five defense left in the playoffs. Phoenix wasn't that? Mm -mm. Really? I think you were. We we definitely were defense. We were probably like seven or eight offense. I think you were seven or eight offense. Yeah. But you've got Gobert in the middle. And when the refs don't call fouls, like the game just gets chaotic. And that, what do they say about chaos? Were you a Game of Thrones fan? Oh, yeah. Chaos is a fucking ladder. (laughs) And the Clippers are pulling themselves up out of that ladder to get out of that 0-2 hole. And you've been banging on Ty Lue. I've been banging on Ty Lue. But Jesus, 
You gotta give it to him, kind of. Yeah, he's made he's made adjustments. He has he, he has proven me slightly wrong. Yes, the coaching for him will put him in this standard. His coaching this postseason has been superb. Has been superb. The things that he has done have been head scratching. Right? He's made moves where like no one could have foreseen it. Yeah. Like, do you see Rajon Rondo getting a DNP? I didn't see that. And he was, and he he played playing a big role in some of the Mavs minutes. games too. Yeah, he's like, playing over thirty yeah. minutes in the Mavs series. First, it was playing Batum at the five to counter how big the Mavs were. Now we have fucking Reggie Jackson getting huge minutes. Rajon Rondo's getting DMPs. DeMarcus Cousins is getting run one game and then getting a DNP the next game. He's willing to try anything. He's like a, a Catholic school girl goes off to college, just tries anything once. No, oh, really? Just willing to just do whatever, you know? I feel like it's more he's like blindfolded throwing darts at a thing. And That's whoever. one way of thinking about it. Reggie, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I do. I I do think he's done a he's done a fine job. Yeah. I think he's probably one of the best. Co- he's done one of the best coaching jobs this postseason. I'm not saying he's one of the best coaches. Period. <laughs> I would never say such a thing. I would never say such a thing. But he's helped his legacy that he actually no the world didn't even know if he could coach. Right. Yeah. No. He's done himself favors for sure. Yeah. Reggie Jackson. Can we talk about that? Reggie Jackson. Five for six from three. Seventeen points in that game. I didn't think he was going to be the X factor. Did you? No, but I mean, when he's feeling himself, he's an offensive force. I don't know about force, but he's he he's a threat. You he's have to a admit. threat, yeah. and he spaces. He helps the floor get spaced in a way where Kawhi and Paul George can attack. Yeah, and when he's shooting from three, the, I mean, it's just sort of a he's so damn scenario. fast. Like if you have to respect his shot, he just goes by you in two seconds. Yeah, hundred percent. Somebody saw. I said this. I saw this on Twitter. Maybe. You know, Paul George needs like Reggie Jackson energy, like all times. <laughs> he needs the confidence that Reggie Jackson has on a day to day basis. Not an adjustment I, f- I foresaw, though. Bad news for Jazz fans. Injuries. Mike Conley, rut row. Like, where is he? Is he coming? Is he not coming? I saw an article in some random local paper that was like, Jazz shouldn't even expect to have him back. They should not think about him coming back. The they series should, or just at they, all? I, I, they said that there was a, a, they said he might be back. This is how the article went. It said he could be back next game and you wouldn't be surprised. And he could be out until game seven of the finals and you should also not be surprised. So hamstrings, they're tricky. Now you've got Donovan Donovan Mitchell tweaked his ankle. Rutro. No one's balling out more than Mitchell. This Jazz team without Donovan Mitchell, boy, they will they will be cooked. Gone. Gone. There's just no way. 32.3 points per game without him. I mean, the Clippers just, I don't know. They just walk right in. They just walk right in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said uh, it's still bothering him. It's when I land. It's just been trying to manage it. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't want to say too much. Ooh, and someone says I don't want to say too much. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. It was just the landing, but I'm good. I'll be ready for game four. But that's trouble, man. That's trouble. And when we talked about this, we said when one player goes cold, it's like a fucking disease. With the jazz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an airborne virus. They're just it's concerning. And the most concerning thing to me is that they shot forty two percent from three. Pretty fucking good. The bad news is that the Clippers shot 56 and 53 from three. I mean, they got outshot by fucking Terrence Mann. 
You know, they got <laughs> outshot. Field of dreams. Field of dreams. <laughs> I Field. can't not think of that whenever I see his name. <laughs> I love Terrence Mann. And then Paul George, I would be remiss to not give him his respect. Yeah. 60% from three. I said he was missing in action. I called for an Amber Alert. And you know what, Clippers fans? You know what, Paul George stands. You're welcome. You're welcome. My mushing, by the way, just continues to persist. Every time I put out a video, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I feel bad even saying I put out this video about the, the Nets money line. I was like, yeah, that's easy money. Bet as much as you can on it. And it was just so fucking bad. They did cover nah. so tough. I actually made money on this Clippers game three. Did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, parlayed, uh, what'd they get? Uh, uh, Clippers minus five and Kawhi over 27 and a half points. Well, that's a smart bet. Yeah. Also there's beef. I didn't know. There's Between beef? Joe Ingles and Paul George. Did you know that? No, that's a funny beef. <laughs> I am a very funny beef. Okay, so I did not even know that they had anything. And now, then they ask uh, Joe Ingles about it. And Joe Ingles says, which is such a strange beef. The whole narrative of Paul George versus Joe Ingles is a bit old in my mind. It's not, it's brand new to me. Apparently, okay. apparently this thing has been going back years. So I want to break it down for folks who don't. I mean, me and you are very tuned into the NBA and we didn't know this. No. Yeah, I have no idea. All right. So this is let's break it down. Apparently, it goes back to when Paul George played at Oklahoma City. OK. The beef started on a regular season game in 2018 when they got into a shoving match. And it carried over to the playoffs. I don't know if you knew this, but playoff P was created in the Oklahoma City Thunder Jazz Series in 2018. Yeah, no, I remember that, yeah. So, yes, he created the nickname Playoff P in response to how he would guard Donovan Mitchell. (laughs) Every time he would hit a three against Ingles, he would talk shit. And then Utah fans created this new nickname called Push-Off P. Okay. So they were screaming Push-Off P at him, and Ingles starts calling him Push-Off P, too. (laughs) <laughs> so then apparently a play Ingles hit a three in Paul George's face and then got so much into his grill shit talking that he forced Paul George into a backcourt violation. And then after the backcourt violation, he tries to after the play and the whistle has blown the play dead. He tries to wrestle the ball away from Paul George. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So I guess that's where the beef lies. After game three, a reporter asked Paul George, like, hey, this thing got started a long time ago. How are you feeling? Are you guys good? What's the relationship? And before the reporter could even finish her question, George said, I don't care about him. Next question. I would say there's still beef. Woo! Still beef. If I had to guess, just wrapping this series up, I would say Jazz and Seven. That's what I think, too, if I had to. Yeah. Here it is. The Suns are going to the Western Conference Finals. Suns in four. four. Suns in four. Sweet, baby. Brooms are out. Are you more of a push broom fan or like a get on the witch broom fan? I think I push. I push. I like the witch broom. Okay. Michael Malone is Nostradamus, isn't he? Yeah. Sons and four. (laughs) He knew it. Even the Denver Post knew it. Put them out of their misery, folks. 
Just shoot them <laughs> dead in the park. Yeah. All the players were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Game, not without controversy. Oh, you sure. Yeah. Mike Malone spent the entire series, and actually the Portland series, calling his team soft. <laughs> and they were like, all right, let's get physical, physical. Jokic was called soft the night he received his MVP trophy. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? So the Nuggets then played with more urgency in game four, could not close the gap, started to get chippy, 352 left in the third. Jokic missed a shot. Mikhail got the rebound, passed it to campaign. Jokic tried to strip the ball. And I don't know. I mean, he more than tried to strip the ball. He wound he up. He back. He wound up. He wound back, wound back to try to strip the ball. I mean, <laughs> in order for that to not have hurt campaign in some way, he would have had to just clean get the ball, which is... It did sort of possibly look like it just got the ball. I didn't see campaign's face get hit. He could have gotten he hit. He hit him with his shoulder. He hit him with his shoulder. Yep. Or like, yeah, not his shoulder, is whatever, his like bicep. Could have been a bitch slap in the hand, arm. Could have been acting. I mean, campaign went down. Oh, he acted. There's no, there's no about it. And I even tweeted. I said I don't agree with this ejection. Yeah, I'm glad that you didn't, because part of me thought because you are petty that maybe. <laughs> I mean, you're happy that Kyrie's out. You are for multitude of reasons. <laughs> Everyone's pushing for game sevens, and somehow, some way, Jokic gets ejected. I don't know the fuck is going on with that. Yeah, I really. Yeah, it surprised me then. It surprises me now. I don't. Um, and they looked at it for a long time too. I don't really know. How do you look that and and like review it and say yes, that's a flagrant? I mean, they basically two. ended the series. They decided like we're going to end the series here. Like, yeah, it was a weird, very weird call. I've been I've been thinking more about us just going to the West Finals, but like, yeah, when the more you think about that, it really if makes. You were a Nuggets fan. Oh yeah, furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. furious. Yeah. Altering three fifty two left in the third, and like you, they were in it. Yeah, yeah. I think at the time it was like we were probably like a six seven point game. We were in control though. I think we would have won. I think we would have won regardless. But still, I mean, that decided the game. Yeah. John Morant, Trey Young went on social league soft. (laughs) How do you have? How do you have one guy bleeding in the corner somewhere? Pat Connaughton, no foul. Another guy sprains his ankle getting undercut. He's done, gone. You got guys literally getting their faces super glued back together. No call. Yeah. And you got a guy slaps another man on the arm and it's fucking flagrant too. Go home, hit the road, Jack. Don't you come home no more. Like what? I don't know. Monty Williams thought that was nothing. I mean, if that was the Milwaukee game, that wouldn't have even been called. That would have been clean strip. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? Did you watch that game? I mean, I did. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, they, they, they were officiated very differently. I will. Yeah, say that. It can't happen. That cannot happen. No, I agree. Other big story, Chris Paul. What a what a what a guy. I just I I can't get over how much I love watching him play basketball. And I, I I'm sure I've said this on the pod before, but it pains me how much I let how I felt about him personally rob me of how enjoyable it is to watch him play. Like he's just he's a master. He's such a king out there. Yeah. He knows I mean his his mind, his body. He's just masterful. 14 for 19 from the field in a closeout game. 37 for the point guard. King of the midi. A master class on how to run an offense. People, people have been slandering Chris Paul and his reputation mm-hmm. as a leader, his ability as a player. 
his character as a man with all of that stuff that went on in, in L.A. Yeah. That he was the reason that they weren't anything. Yeah, and like the he's a bad teammate he's and all that, which teammate. is like you know, everyone who plays with him hates, hates him, him, which is like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, these Suns players seem to like him quite a bit. Like, <laughs> it just feels that for a very long time, you know, there are people who get mischaracterized about who they are. Yeah. And there's just almost nothing once it's set. Yeah. The concrete's been set for them to change that. And I am so grateful that Chris Paul has gotten this opportunity because I think now it has changed his entire legacy. Oh, yeah. The perception of Chris Paul has been altered, and now all the rumors and the slandering has fallen away to the wayside, and everyone has to go on a Chris Paul apology tour. Like, everyone needs to make amends with Chris Paul because you had even Mike Malone who was like, and I thought this may be too. And I felt like maybe this is just me being a prisoner of the moment. But like Mike Malone said, Chris Paul might be the greatest point guard of all time. Yeah. No, I did see you said that. Yeah. Chris Paul was running his team like General Patton all the while dealing with his shoulder contusion. Here's the incredible stat that sealed it for me. He was 16 for 19. In for 38 points and four for four from three with zero turnovers in the fourth quarter of the entire Nugget series. He always he, he saves it. He saves it for the fourth. He saves yep. it for the fourth. And God, I mean, that runner that he has, that it, <sighs> it's it. A, he can get it off over anybody. And it's just I think it's going in every single time. And it kind of does. Like, and he's actually become like. Helping others become critical at their mid-range game, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. The floaters. He's made more mid-range jumpers by himself than the entire Nuggets team. <laughs> 22 to 15. Now the Suns have a week off to enjoy Phoenix and prep for either the Jazz or the Clippers. If you're, you are the Suns, Marty, which team would you rather have? Uh, it's actually, it's actually very tough. I really don't know. I mean, we beat Utah 3-0 in the regular season. Not that that matters because playoffs are completely different. Uh, they have home court advantage. So you would think Clippers, but I just, I like the Utah matchup weirdly. Yeah. I think the Clippers are going to get very chippy with you. Yeah. Oh, oh, that'll be, yeah. That will be, I think that from a, if I was a Phoenix Suns fan, I would prefer the Jazz matchup. Yeah. If I am me. I prefer the Clippers matchup. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because one, it's going to get chip, chippy, chippy, chippy. Oh, yeah. Two, Chris Paul revenge. Like, I didn't even think about think that. Think about yeah. this. You could have <laughs> Chris Paul playing the Lakers, which was the team he was supposed to go to, then beats the Clippers in a take, put some respect on my fucking name. Just kind right, of game. Right in Balmer's right, face. Yeah, right, right in Balmer's, Balmer's big, face. dumb face. Yeah, just Fuck like Steve shitting Ballmer. on him. Yeah, I haven't said this on the pod. Fuck Steve Ballmer. There's a lot of people who like him. He pays a lot of money. Do you know he bought the Clippers with a personal check? Did I tell you that? Nah, I mean, I'm sure he did. He bought Duh. the Clippers with a personal check. Nuts. But yeah, I get it. He's kind of insufferable. I and hate he him. disrespected Chris Paul. And Blake. And Blake. He just sent him packing. Fuck him. So, okay, on the way. And then plays the Nets, which is probably what's going to be the case, and plays against DeAndre Jordan and Blake. And you know that's going to be fucking chippy, too. All the while, just to come into glory. The Suns parade is going to be tremendous. Let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit, but yes, it Step will be fun. On the it will be fun. <laughs> Couple of things just to wrap up the series. Nate Duncan, man, Nate Duncan is tough. He, 
I say things and I say them and you can kind of tell I'm like, I think it, but I also am trying to sort of be funny. Mm -hmm. Like Nate, Nate Duncan says some shit and he's dead ass serious. He tweeted this out about Jokic after game three. Just hang on. His fourth quarter defense shows why, despite deserving an MVP, I can't put Jokic in the top tier of players. Phoenix got whatever they wanted in the pick and roll, and he was powerless. Even if he's the best offensive player, limited defense at center is so hard to overcome. Let me just point this out. Nikola Jokic had 32 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists. Only Kareem and Wilt have ever had 30, 20, and 10 in the playoffs. Nate Duncan. I actually agree with the take. Do you? I mean... I never love, like, the idea of, like, ranking players because I just think it doesn't matter. But, I mean... If we got inside against them in this series, we were scoring. Like, he really has no presence in there on defense. That's and, true. And it is, and it's a problem. That's the problem with positionalist basketball, is you got big men who play like small men, and then they're expected, because they're big, to do big man things. However, I think you have to pair Jokic. I think this makes perfect sense now why the Nuggets paired Jokic with Nurkic. They were like, one guy's going to be down low, the other guy's going to be on the perimeter, and that's what it's going to be. I think he probably needs someone uh, to help him with the defense. And by the way, they they could have done that. I mean, Denver did draft Rudy Gobert. So, they did draft Rudy Gobert. They could have had him. But, hey. Uh, Another funny thing. The growing bromance between DeAndre Ayton and Jokic. The, The comedy series... The bromance comedy series you didn't know you needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just there. The reality show has to happen. I saw a video game where Aiton lost at 2K, and it was so hilarious. Like, he he gets enraged. Enraged. Have you ever seen Aiton go off? Oh, yeah. Oh, Did yeah, you yeah, see yeah. that? Yeah. So I interviewed Aiton after his first year with the Suns at, like, some, you know, one of the brand events or whatever. Right. And he was like, yeah, the Suns are trash. If I was a fan, I'd say the Suns were trash because we are. <laughs> and and then he basically broke down what makes a caliber, high caliber team sacrifice all these different things. You could basically say are the 2021 Suns. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's the secret to your success? Like, what's something that would be on a trading card that nobody knows about you? And he was like, in order to calm my mind as an assassin, I listen to piano music. And I thought to myself, Why? Like, DeAndre Ayton seems like a nice, affable dude. And then I saw that 2K video, and I was like, this dude has real rage built up inside. Uh He needs to, like, chill the fuck out. And Jokic, it's almost like Jokic doesn't care about anything. Yeah, he's he seems unbothered by most things. He's like it's like Bobby and Toby kind of yeah, a little bit. It's like a better version of that because Jokic that was the most rage that campaign physicality. That's the most amount of aggression I've ever seen come out of Jokic. And then they asked Ayton. He was at the presser after game three, and and Aiton looked like very surprised. And they're like, "What? What's that? What? Like, what are you? What, why are your eyes so big?" And he was like, "Jokic had twenty rebounds, yeah. like 10 offensive, ten offensive rebounds, yeah. ten defensive rebounds." I just, I tried to limit him, and I, I mean, I just tried. Yeah. It's like Aiton has done an incredible job, but just like that's why I think Jokic is a top tier player because even Aiton's like, I just you got to just contain him, just do as best you can. Um, Sixers Hawks. I mean, like, are you? I, I mean, I, this is literally a throwaway. 
I mean, you is think? it throwaway? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Are you intrigued by this? No, not at all. Not anymore. I mean, it's like maybe a paragraph of words. Yeah. So, I mean, we started out game one, thought it was going to be very exciting. I thought like, oh yes, Hawks could actually put up a fight and be put up forty. They still lost. It just doesn't does not appear to be anything. Embiid is balling on a torn meniscus, thirty five, ten, and five. Just keeps hitting the floor every single time he comes down. I think best case scenario is you just close this out on Vin Five. Yeah. Just close it out. Uh, Hawks are unpredictable. I have no idea like what they're gonna do. They play tonight, right? They play yeah. tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna do. Are they gonna come out and and be? Game one, or are they going to come out and be game three? I mean, game one, I mean, if there's just raining threes left and right, they're going to be in the game. But, like, that seems to be the only way they can hang with Philly is just being, yeah. They have to be pretty much perfect. Yeah, they have, they have to shoot, like, 45% from three. Yeah. That's, that's Which, it. That's, I mean, they could. They could, but, like, that's not a good, that's not a winning formula. <laughs> that's not a winning formula. I mean, how pissed would you be if you were the Sixers and you're like, these fucking guys went 50% from three for the entire series and took a seven. Yeah. And, like, they, we still won, but, like, now Embiid has, like, his meniscus is real torn. Yeah. He's, like, hobbled. And he did tweak his knee in game three. Yeah, he did, but, yeah. Who knows, right? They said probably. They don't seem they, to be too concerned about it. They don't. Yeah, Rich Hoffman talked about that last week. They don't seem to be very much concerned, given that their other his other leg has been reconstructed into like some robot leg. So right. I don't know. <laughs> um, something to watch there is his his health, but I think I think the Sixers win in five, and it's just like nothing really else to say about that. That's all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It makes a huge difference. We also have This League playoff merch on sale in the Barstool store. Please do not forget to follow us on This League and at Trista Crick on TikTok, uh, IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Tune in Friday afternoon where we will be. Now some series are going to be potentially wrapping up. So uh, we will see you then.
mafia. I stay fly, I stay fly. Quality just to get by. I want it all, not a piece of the pie. Everybody eats, everybody, and we keep all of the receipts. We eat good, we living good. We done made it up out the hood. Give me that, 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 give me that. I want this and that. What you mean I can't have that? Stay in your lane, lowest lane, a skirt, skirt on them. Stay in your lane, penny lane, a skirt, skirt on them. Get off. Ah. Ah.